Minecraft has a number of skins and things that you can install, and it makes it very pretty. Mm. Some of them do, anyway. Um, and there's no question that Minecraft's graphics eventually grow on you. Mm. I mean, I think they do. Have I saved everything before I switch things off? Possibly. You know, it eventually gets to that point where you kind of you're so used to seeing it that it sort of starts to make sense to your eyes. Mm. You know, so you're like you see pigs with square faces. You pigs with square faces, but you you look at them and you see pig. Yes, not square pink block with a face on the front. Yeah, that's right. You see pig or mook, 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 mook. 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Moo moo. Varken. Who now? In Dutch. Oh, that's pig for Dutch, is it? Pig for yes. Dutch. <laughs> that's why you don't get any cat-flavoured pig food. Cat-flavoured pig food? Yes. Indeed. Um, yeah, mook is Gaelic for pig. That I've learned. I've learned that. I've learned bow, which is cow. Cool. Coo, which is dog. Hung. You would expect coo to be cow, but it's not. Bow is bow is cow with a with a little accent on it, so it's a long o. Bow is cow, and coo with an accent on the u is just cu, which. Cuchulain. That makes sense. Cuchulain. Yes. Mm. Or how have you pronounced the second bit? I have no clue. But um, the yeah, and then you've got cat, which is cat. Steady. And that's a good one because you spell it in Gaelic. It's spelled C-A-T. Just go over that again. I didn't get it. Right. See, in Gaelic, apart from in that one word, mm-hmm. nothing sounds sounds like it looks. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> there are THs in there that you just don't hear at all. G is usually a K, unless it's G-H, in which case it, I don't think you print. It's just, it's baffling. The whole thing is just perplexing. Like kitten. You've got cat, right? Cat? Yeah. You'd think kitten is going to be something like cat, is it not? Possibly. You know, because kitten, cat, kitten, cat. Because it's from the same word, isn't it? Mm. It's just pluralised or diminutived. Mm. Cappuccino. Pishak. Sorry? Pishak. P-I-S-E-A-G. Is that the diminutive or is that... That's kitten. Pishak. Not to be confused with duck, which is tunak, which is T-U-N-N-A-G. Eend. Eend. E-E-N-D in Dutch. This is a, a duck. duck. Oh, cool. Hebert and Eend. They're a bit sinister. Well, I guess. I don't know how to say sinister in Dutch. Though. No, I don't know. To, I know how to say it in Latin. Yeah? Mm, sinister. Sinister? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am colour me surprised. Yeah. But it yeah. means left rather than, like, Dexter. eerie. Dexter means right. Because you get in Carry On Cleo at the beginning, you've got the Roman soldiers marching up in to the encampment going, mm-hmm. Sinister Dexter, Sinister Dexter. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Legion Terminus! Which is like not how you say that. No. <laughs> the Legion ceases to be. So yeah, I don't really know. But anyway. Um, and yeah, so that's that's basically it. So that's bas- that's what I've been doing. Okay. Um, how did we get there from Minecraft? Mm. Oh, pigs. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Square faces. Pink. They do? Yeah. Yeah. Blamange. Blamange. Yeah. Blamange has a square face. I mean, it might. I guess it depends on the mould. You. Or, 
or it's haunted. Haunted blancmange. Haunted blancmange. With a square face. Which you just settle down to eat. I mean, why would you? But, you know, you settle down to... You do eat blancmange, don't you? Well, you, it's an option. You yeah. don't have to. You settle down with your bowl of blancmange. Mm. There's strange, like, wailing sounds. The wind starts to blow, but you can't tell where it's coming from. Candles flutter. And the curtains billow. That's just the effect of the blancmange. That's what I mean. Mm. And then a face comes up from in the blancmange and starts passing you messages of doom. Don't Terrible auspices. Don't eat me. Don't eat me, basically. Yeah. If you eat me, terrible things will befall. Ooh. Mm. Mm. See? Public service announcement. Don't eat the haunted blancmange. Definitely not. Make no. sure your blancmange is not haunted Yeah. before you start on it. It's important. Anyway. Yeah. Are we doing a frith cast? Let's do it. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. doing the like the jazzed up version i was gonna say we should do like deep space nine did and add a drum track but it would mean i mean we didn't write the music so we didn't i have to get in touch with the the the, the people who wrote the music and say excuse excuse us can you put a drum track in we're it? like on season we're doing season <laughs> season seven now can you make it more warlike we please? need a, we need a drum track <laughs> yeah we need to make it like babylon five and increasingly like more militaristic as the seasons yeah. go through because they're go they're gearing up for the war. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Deep Space Nine did it, and they get to um, they get to season six or seven or something, and suddenly they've got like a drum, a drum beat going on. Mm. But uh, either that, or we could go the other way, and take it to a sort of Winnie the Pooh place, and just add lots of tiddly poms. All right, he, all right, let's jam that because he did that. He go dun 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 dun. Tiddly palm. Dun 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 dun. Tiddly palm. Yeah, See? it works. It works. Could that. Could totally work. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'd probably better actually do a frithcast, hadn't Let's we? Let's do that. So, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, hello, lovely listeners. I was probably to... worked out. I was coming to that bit. You were. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good, because they're all settled in by now. Settle in, grab a drink, biscuit tin, you know the drill. Shuffle up, there's loads of you. Are we not putting warm your knees in? Warm your knees in. Warm your knees in. <laughs> knees in is actually the diminutive form of... <laughs> little knees. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. They've got little knees, then there's more space around the campfire for everybody. Knee shack. Yeah. Yeah. Knee chinos. They doesn't work. Nietzsche. No. No. Little, little knee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Knee. I don't know what knee is in Latin. I was thinking eno as the diminutive, but... Yeah, yeah. In Latin, it would be 
something you laugh. Because mm. you've got um, uh, you've got uh, Dracula, who was the son of the dragon, so he was the little dragon, because yeah. he was the son of Dra- Drac, mm. Draco. The order of whatever, or the the dude who carried the name of dragon, and he was supposedly the son thereof, and he was known as the little dragon, so he was Dracula, the lion cub of Drac. Yes, yes. Leo. That would have changed that story completely. Yeah, it would rather. Yeah. Uh, or you could have Caligula, little boot. Little boot. I was thinking cappuccino for little hoods, but yeah, yeah. What was the, what was the last guy? Rom, not Romulus. That doesn't narrow it down. No, there was... Because the first, the first guy to run Rome was called Romulus. Well, the guy to found Rome, I suppose, was called Romulus. Yeah. And the last guy was also called Rom, Romulus something or other, but he was... I forget, he was given the name of like Little little Romulus or something. Something like that. I'd have to look him up. Anyway, doesn't matter. Carry on. Okay. Welcome around the virtual campfire, lovely listeners. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm half your hosting team. Kettle's on. You know what you're doing. Hmm? <laughs> I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff, just in case you're wondering. And I am Kate. And I am at least one fourteenth of your Frithcast hosting team. I have a head full of... You know those polystyrene chips that you can get in boxes? Oh, yeah. You used to get them when they were, like, as packing? Yeah, yeah. That's... That, that's basically it. Nice. Um, so I have lots of lots of those, and otherwise my claim to fame is I basically live here, and that's why I'm involved. I'm a not a heathen. I'm a sort of a coffee-powered druidy thing. I always forget to tell you that. Um, it doesn't help because it's like the important thing is not heathen. That's <laughs> that's basically the the only relevant factor there, which explains why I don't know diddly, Pom. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode one four seven. I think it's one four seven. Completely lost track of the numbers now. I had a number in my head, and then I got a sidetrack twice, and I lost it. I think it's one four seven. Forty seven doesn't work. No, it doesn't no, work. It, doesn't it work. does if you're on Star Trek. It kind of everything yeah. on Star Trek is always forty seven. Mm. We're not on Star Trek though. I know. I keep asking them. I keep writing to them and saying, "Can I be on Star Trek?" And they keep saying, coming writing back and saying, "Who the hell are you?" Well, I, I can understand why. I mean, and I, I, everybody I, wants to be on Star Trek. I say I could be a fantastic alien. Yeah. You know, if you've got enough like prosthetic goo <laughs> to cover every square millimeter of my face. Good God! No, that stuff takes hours. <laughs> hours. God, no. No, no, no. I could be a disembodied entity. Better. Mm, I mean, less makeup. Yeah, just provide like a voiceover from a distance. Yeah. Better yet, get somebody else to dub over my line. Mic check. (laughs) All the people who are called Mike around the coach or campfire stand up. (laughs) This concludes the mic check. (laughs) So what I wanted to talk about today kind of follows on from our last episode Mm. Which was you taking us through the hedge. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. In a good way. And I want to do something that kind of relates alongside that. And we mentioned in that episode that that particular realm mm-hmm. was given to Frey as a, a tooth gift. Yes. 
This is Alfheim. Alfheim was gifted to the god Frey. So we thought it'd be kind of good at this time round to maybe talk a little bit about Frey, who he is, where he sits in the pantheon, you know, what's going on with the Freyster. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. What is in fact up, which as you'll find is probably quite a lot. Well, from here? Yeah. Up the tree? I mean, you could. Yeah. Catch a lift on a passing squirrel. Steady on. Yeah, he'd be miffed, wouldn't he? Goes fast. He'd be miffed. Yeah. You need some of them wee, like, worm hooks or something. Yeah, maker hooks. Yeah. <laughs> tiny maker hooks for a Very squirrel. Very tiny squirrel-sized <laughs> maker hooks. <laughs> no, he's under enough stress as it is, poor lad. <laughs> All this and no acorn. Well, you know. <laughs> no acorn yet. Scratatosk. Scratatosk. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about Frey. <laughs> and yeah, where he fits in the pantheon, what gives what is going on with him, and maybe a little bit of an explore towards the end of a little bit of a visualization you might want to do that's a bit connected to him. Okay. Give it a go. Alrighty. So Frey, one of the Norse gods. Indeed. Yeah. Can you name their sister? That would be Freya. And their father? No. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Njord. Njord, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Njord. Njord is the sea god. Njord is the sea god. The one with the feet. The one with the feet. Who married Skadi of the mountains. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I didn't realise that. Yeah. All right. That Njord. Yeah. Yeah. Coastlines, fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean feet. Shallow waters. That's the one. Um, I want to say littoral waters, but that's not quite the right word, is it? Um, what do I mean? Um, there's a word. Like paddling depth waters. I want to say like benthic or something. I don't know. Benthic? That's one of those races on Star Trek. But is it? Yeah, blue guy, little nose thing going on. Blue guy, little nose. Yeah. Benzites? Don't know. Little kind of nose breathing tray thing. Yeah, benzites. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nearly. No, benthic, benthic basically refers to the, the topography of the seafloor, I think. I always think of it as like being the, the sort of bit where the, 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 the kind of... It drops off from the coast down to the, the continental plate, and then it drops off into like the abyssals and stuff. And then comes back up from the abyssals. However, yes, at the Third other end. floor, leotards and handbags. And abyssals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only place you're going to get a matching theater and a handbag. I should, however, point out I am by no means an oceanographer, so take my definitions with a, an extremely large pinch of sea salt. Ben Thick. I'm going to have to look that up now. Yeah. But yeah, back to Frey, who is distinctly not with the wet, clean feet thing going on. Indeed. Yeah. So, Frey hmm. kind of arrives very, very close to the beginning of the myth cycle. So you have the Aesir Vanir War. Okay. You have the cessation of hostilities. Yes. And you have the, the best bit. change of hostages. Okay. Which may or may not be your best bit, depending well, on how you feel ideally, about it. Ideally not, but you know. So Frey and Njord and Freya are the Vanir who come over in that hostage exchange. Okay. So he is Vanir. 
nature gods. This is a this is a hostage exchange in the same vein as that carried out between the um, Starks and the Grey Joys. Yeah. In only there wasn't a Stark given in exchange for Theo Greyjoy. They just took. Oh, they just took one of. They just took. Um, Greyjoy's son so that they wouldn't rebel against the Starks anymore. Okay, but it's basically, it's kind of an insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a let's not be hostile anymore because our own people are in that fortress somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So Frey is one who comes over in that. Mm-hmm. And there is like a certain Allfather, there are a lot of names. He's one of the gods with many names. Okay. Not as many as the Allfather. But he's got different names. So if you look in the records, he's variously known as Frico with K's, Frico with C's, Frey, Freya, or Fro, F-R-O, with a little line through it thing. F-R-O with a line through it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's probably best known for... If I have a look around the virtual campfire, I, I mean, we're all kind of like... Yeah, we're mostly adults. We're we? mostly we're mostly sort of of a of a grown up. Yeah, leaning certainly. Good. You know. So he usually gets portrayed like a compass near north. He's a bit. Um, how can I put it? Gifted. Uh, he it he is. Um, you don't half look like his picture. There is an endowment. There is one of those. Yes, and the little statue that's been found that's been identified as of him mm-hmm. has a little pointy beard and a little pointy hat and a massive pointy yes which when you see in some books and illustrations of that statue they've airbrushed out <laughs> <laughs> so, which just tickles me for some reason it's, it's... <laughs> it's just like oh dearie me yes doesn't you know Historical, archaeological fact, yeah, whatever, must always take a, a, a second place to prim decorum. Oh, yes, <laughs> very prim decorum. And so, well, yeah, you, so we airbrushed out the decorum. We, we totally airbrushed out all of his decorum. It is airbrushed, it is vanished. He has, I'm not going to go into the phrase of he's been touched up, but you get the idea. You, well, he's you know. been... Uh, yeah, you'll see that statue, and if you're looking at a true depiction of that particular pointy-bearded, pointy-hatted statue, you'll probably know the one I mean. It's of a cross-legged male figure who is very attentive. And... <laughs> what? <laughs> and you'll often see it airbrushed out. Indeed. So... The... He's... Um... Yeah. So he has a good... I don't know, probably... He has a good... Mighty Seven or eight names oh, okay. I was going with. All right, fair enough. I thought we were still describing the decorum. No, we were not describing. <laughs> and we've, I've described the decorum, I woman. I just thought, you know. So wanted us to be clear. He's very much described in. He's got a lot of sources, which is great because mm-hmm. some gods and goddesses we don't have a lot to work with. Yep. We've got a lot of sources for Frey. A lot of different sources, which mainly link him with peace and prosperity. Prosperity. Prosperity in the land, not only prosperity in the land and peace, that frith, but also things like horses. Okay. He's supposed to have a grove of sacred horses at Trondheim in Norway. Mm-hmm. 
the Swedish royal line are said to descend from him in one of their mythical lineages. Wow, okay. So there he has the syncretous name Ingivi Frey. Ingivi Frey. Where you get the Inglings or Yinglings are descended from his line and they are... Does Sweden still have a monarchy? I think they do, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Couldn't remember for a minute. So he's very much to do with peace and prosperity in the land. Sweden is said in the sort of sometimes you get these mythical lineages where they'll get their line of kings to go back to okay. a, a god figure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this one for Sweden will trace back to Frey. Hmm. Um, horses. So horses in Trondheim in Norway. He's said to have a grove of sacred horses up there. Right. Which is about I don't know two thirds way up the Norwegian coast. Which is not where you'd expect to find a grove of horses. It's got a shipyard and <laughs> some lovely kind of inlets and islands, but no, you know, yes. horses up there. But do they mean horses, horses, or do they mean ships? Yeah, as in a grove of horses. Yeah, yeah. they could mean ships. Because I'm just thinking about, you know, we we never, we always take it that. I'm sorry, I'm off on one now. No, no, Anglo-Saxon rune poem. Uh, sorry, yeah, Anglo-Saxon <clears throat> rune poem. I'm just thinking about the um, dragon prows. Yeah. That they would bolt on their ships sometimes. Mm. We take it that they're dragons. What if they're horses? But to me, I mean, I've always... I've, well, I say I've always. For a long time, I've understood it that when they're going out trading and doing diplomacy, they put like a coiled scroll thing mm. on the prow... But when they're doing raiding, they're basically making a knitting pole. Mm, yeah. So they put a head to cast fierce gaze upon where they're about to arrive. Yes. So that by the time they get there, all the spirits have fled. Yeah, they, they, they make the, the front of the horse effectively throw shade before they arrive. Exactly. And everybody's, their whole, you know, mic drop moment, everybody's gone by the time they get there. Yeah. So, yeah and if you're a using a knitting head. pole, you use a horse's, horse's head. head. Yeah. So... I'm just thinking maybe when it says he has a grove of horses in Trondheim, it's not talking about horses, horses, winnie nay. It's talking winnie about... Winnie nay? Winnie nay? That's what they do, isn't it? I know, I grew up in the country, I know what horses do. <laughs> so, when you've quite finished... Mocking my equestrian expertise. <laughs> Your chair's wobbling. Just just in case. I mention it only because people are going to be listening and what the hell is that noise? Is there something wrong with my speakers? You know? No, there's nothing wrong with your speakers, dear listeners. It's just it's just Suzanne's chair wobbling. <laughs> Anyway, as I was saying, Winnie Nay. Just, we'll just ignore. We'll just ignore her for a minute. You, we'll talk. You, you and you and me, we'll talk. So I think that there's every possibility that when they talk about Frey having a grove of horses, they might have met because it's in Trondheim, and like we said, it's not someone you might expect to find a grove, much less of horses. So maybe it's boats. Maybe he was like a... It's just a thought. I mean, 
I'm, I'm, I'm he speculating. He's got his foldable ship, hasn't he? Um, Frey. He's got yes, a foldable he boat. He's got a fo- foldable boat. Yeah. Yeah. A foldable boat. Fold. A foldable. <laughs> a foldable? <laughs> a foldable boat. Don't go there. Loki already did. I'm not going there. No. no definitely not. Oh, dear. Anyway, oh, that. So. So, yeah, fruitful seasons. Glad I could help. Peace. Peace. Prosperity in the land. We like all these things. We do. We like all of these things. They are awesomeness. I'm a bad Roman. Oh, dear. Be fine. I like me some peace and harmony and everybody getting on. Yeah. Just chill. All kind of frith thing going on. Yeah, you can take all your... All that other stuff and just not. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the big stories we've got about him is when he gets aboard one day and decides he's going to go sit in Odin's high seat and gaze out across the realms. Doesn't strike me as a tremendously good idea. It's... Spoiler alert! (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Because from that seat, Odin can see all of the Nine Realms and Frey kind of does the equivalent of of chancing across a, a fair maiden's social media. Oh, God. And starts really liking what he sees. Oh, no. Leaves her a couple of likes and maybe a comment. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. If yeah, the yeah, comment's yeah. civilised, that's that's good. And then decides that he is completely, hopelessly and utterly in love with her. Oh, no. I know. This never goes well. It, it kind of doesn't. Kind of does, but kind of definitely doesn't on some angles as well. Right. So instead of approaching the young lady herself, whose name is Gerd. Gerd, hello Gerd. Instead of approaching her himself, he gets his servant to go and say to her, would you come and meet my Lord Frey? I mean, alright. I mean, yeah, you've got the servant thing, which is a problem, but this was the time, this was the culture. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it would have been quite normal in our culture not that long ago for somebody to, you know, go courting somebody on your behalf. I mean, yes, it can be done that way. It can be very politely done that way. Yeah. Mm? All like compliments, cards, and yeah, sneaky poetry and yeah, a bit of poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Odd little flower left in your sewing basket where you can't find it till the morning and all of that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, nice things. <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're, you know, as long as it's as long as it's kept on the nice side of stuff. Yeah, not quite. I mean, breaking it to somebody's house to, to to leave them a box of chocolates is probably overdoing it. Yeah, police don't look too kindly on that. Here. No. Although technically speaking, I'm not sure what offence that would be. I don't know. Because for it to be burglary, <clears throat> you've got to want to. Steal something or cause damage or what have you. You know, you you technically... I think it would only be trespass, really, wouldn't it? I guess. Unless you cause damage getting in. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're causing damage getting in... But then would it just be aggravated trespass? I can't remember. No, it's fine. So he doesn't do the aggregated... aggregated... I can't remember like I've ever been done for trespass. (laughs) He doesn't do the aggravated (laughs) trespass thing. He gets his servant, his mate, to go and talk to her and say... Would you come and meet Frey? He's a good bloke and he really quite fancies you. And she says, lol, nope. Okay, fair. So <laughs> Frey's servant has then been instructed to up the ante. Oh, God. And he basically ends up 
going all the way up. She says, oh, heck no, I am not meeting, you know, he wants to come and do that. He can come and bloody talk to me himself. Again, fair. And Frey's servant ends up threatening her with destructive magics before she relents and says yes. And they meet and they get married. We're really not doing consent, are we? No. We're just not. No, we we are. So boundaries. Hello. Hello. Yeah. I mean, boundaries from sitting in Odin's high seat at the start. Oh, yeah, granted. Yeah. There's a reason why you don't. Yeah. So... Yeah, in the name of his love for the god, for the giantess Gerd, he gives away... Oh, she's away, a giantess? Yeah, okay. he gives away his rune-covered <clears throat> sword. His sword that is ensorcelled and magicked and is a pretty shiny piece of bling. And he gives it away. Wow. Um, so you can make all the parallels of he is um, uh, de-weaponed, he is unmanned by love. Yeah, yeah. His symbol of his masculinity is taken away and he falls forever in love with said giantess, etc, etc. Although, can I just reference you back to his statue? I know, where it's fairly obvious. I'm just, if we're talking symbolism. It's possible. You know. Yeah, so he voluntarily gives up his sword in that exchange, which is a bit of a difficulty come the Ragnarok, because in the Voluspa, it's very much prophesied who will die where and in battle with who and in what circumstances right down to very specific details Mm, mm. and now when Frey gets to the Ragnarok he no longer has his own sword okay and he fights off one Jotun with an antler an antler an antler as in the spiky affair you get on the top of a deer yeah as in yeah those things you can use to open cans those bits yeah okay so, like, your deer can open a bit. He fights off and kills one Jotun with that, but then he fights Surt and dies. And this is what happens when you try to fight the massive battle at the end of the world with an antler. Well, yeah. I suppose, I mean, they've got, to be pretty, they've got to be pretty good. I suppose they're too soft, aren't they? That's the problem. <laughs> I'm just thinking it'd actually be quite a good... Get, like, a metal antler and... and Folk are knackered trying to hit you because they'd keep catching the swords and yeah, all the you just catch and twist and you're looking at battleth damage right over there. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, bits. to be honest, an antler would probably be handier to wield in a fight than a battleth would be. Well, yeah. I've never believed in those. No. You, you, you just look at them and they're like, no, there's no way you could. No. Manage one of those in a in a melee. It's just too big. It's too big. It's too ungainly. It's too concave. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> So we know he's got his little foldy-up boat. Mm. We also know that he's got a golden boar called Gullenbursty. I have heard of Gullenbursty. Golden bristles. Yep, yep. So Snorri tells us that Frey rides to Baldur's funeral on his boar. And he's, it's very much... There's a lot of mentions of him. Mm. All the way... Not necessarily in different myths, but through... Like giving blessings and by name, he's mentioned quite a lot in a lot of different sources. Yeah. So from being the lord of the Alfar, the lord of Alfheim, mm, for some reason. For some reason, <laughs> I'm not sure how either, and how he gets a tooth gift and his sister doesn't. Although, well, I mean, I presume that's the same reason it always is for things like that. Mm. Um, which I will not go into further. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but um, 
I don't know. I mean, do girls get tooth gifts? No. No, that's 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 the. It it is interesting though because it it does present a god as a small baby. Yeah. Which I think is quite interesting. Which um, we we don't usually get. We get like the gods seem to be in a particular time band. They don't. We don't ever see them as teenagers or children. Yeah. Apart from ones like Vali and Navi, who are you know Loki's boys where you deliberately get them, but to think mm. of Frey and Freya as children yeah. feels a very discordant thought to me. It is odd. You know, you think of them as maybe in their late 20s, early 30s maybe, but not as teenagers, not dealing with acne, not learning how to shave, not yeah. figuring out how to braid your hair and getting it all a bit cross-tangled because you can't figure out how to braid backwards on your own head. Yeah. Which, by the way... Is really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> And 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 as a trans person, I would like to say that trying to learn to do it in your late thirties and early forties <laughs> is less than no fun. No. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting because in just thinking about the Roman gods for a second, I mean, well, I say Roman. Roman mythology has relatively little mythology to it, so we don't get images of the Roman gods when they were when they were kids, and although there is. A sort of rough, approximate family tree, if you like. It's mostly drawn from Greek, um, but the Greek gods—they're being born all over the place. Mm. You know, so you. But again, you never think of, you know, you know, somebody might be a, a, a child of Zeus, but if they're gods, you tend not to think of them uh, as as children. No. Yeah, you get you get like the the infancy of. I don't know, Perseus or whoever. Yeah. You know, who might be a demigod, but you don't get, you never, the the actual gods. You don't think of Hera as a teenager on social media? No, you don't. No. I mean, the idea of a god needing parents is, is baffling, but there you go. That's, <laughs> like I say, you know, the, most of the Roman way of looking at things, they're, they're primarily sort of, um, you know, imminent animistic spirits more than anything else, or personifications of things. They're not actually sort of people people yeah. in the way that the Greeks would have them. Um, though, as I say, it's not really that much of a thing. But yeah, it's just this this idea. You, you tend to see them as the in the form that you see them in, and that's where they've always been and where they always will be. Yeah, you don't see a hero in a pair of jeans or in a business suit, mm. you know, with a, a pair of designer shoes and a designer handbag going shopping on a Saturday yeah. because she's actually following her husband to another tryst and she needs a disguise. <laughs> it's like... These ways of seeing the gods don't come to us as easily. But yeah, Frey, there is there's a couple of points of Frey being worshipped in the sagas. Mm-hmm. Um, Gisli's saga, Gisla's saga, has a, a chieftain named Thorgrim. Okay. And his big clue is the fact that his surname is Frey's Gothi. Oh, fair enough. Yes. That's nice and easy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that gives us a clue. Yeah, so when he dies, he gets buried in a mound because, you know, big important chap. Yeah. And... It's said then that every time it snows, that mound doesn't get any snow on it. Okay. Because Frey, you know, treasured that person so much that he doesn't allow snow to fall on he that mound. He keeps the snow he off. He keeps the snow off him. I like that. And I loved that. And that he's got, um, he's supposed to have like a, a temple complex at Uppsala. Yeah. And we've seen a complex at Uppsala before with the writings of Adam of Bremen, who followed Ansgar, St. Ansgar. Yes. Come Kip. 
Yes, Kif to Kif to Ansgar's Kif Zap Brannigan. Kif to Ansgar's Zap Brannigan, unfortunate Zap Brannigan, <laughs> <laughs> who ends up becoming Saint Zap. Um, oh crikey! <laughs> is it Velour though? It probably. <laughs> um, and Adam of Bremen talks about that temple at Uppsala that we've seen before, where you've got a big temple with a well for sacrifices and a tree outside, and that the outside has chains, and inside there are three big statues. Yes, yeah. yeah. And the centre one is Frico. Okay. Uh, the centre one is Thor. Yeah. And then on either side, there's Woden and Frico. All right. And so it's it's this odd kind of... Is that the one where they've got a cross at the other end? No. Oh. That's just, not the one. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. No, no. So, yeah, he's kind of like very much peace, prosperity, not necessarily excess, but prosperity especially prosperity abundance. of the land abundance of the land yeah lots and lots of personal abundance mm-hmm. so he's very much abundant kind of cornucopia boy yes mm. you could say that okay. yeah very much cornucopia peace plenty not particularly lucky in love doesn't quite approach that the right way no Really? Yo, his bros need to go and have a quiet word with him, man. Say, yo, bro, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> this is not how you do this. This is not how you do this, man. No. But he's very much to do with that peace, prosperity, that link to horses. Mm-hmm. There's the the cult centre potentially at Uppsala as well for yep. his statue of peace, prosperity. The v- divine right to kingship also comes through him. Okay. So things like the Yinglings and the Swedish right to rule coming down through his line. Yeah. So, yeah, he's very much, there's a lot of LGBT heathens, a lot of gay heathens that I know have a very strong connection with Frey. Okay. Um, And Freya, for that matter. Yeah. So apart from that little statuette, there's also a tapestry with the three figures on of Woden, Thor and Frey. It's mm. been identified as those three because one of them is one-eyed, one of them is carrying a hammer, and then you've got a third male figure. With a... No. Oh, no, how's no. With a... They... Mm. No. Okay. No, they're, they're very much wearing... I don't know. The, the, the tapestry artist has some difficulty in getting the stitches to properly do like a tunic, I'm guessing, these folks are wearing. Okay. Because it kind of does, like straight down their bodies and then flares out all the way to their knees so it looks a bit odd but it's the, the style of tapestry that they're trying to get stitches to do okay um so they're probably wearing just thigh length or knee length tunics and trousers and then boots mm. but the proportions aren't quite dimensions aren't <laughs> quite right in the illustration artistic license artistic license so yeah. so how do you i mean I have a very simplistic viewpoint. There are certain things that I will look for in iconography of the Norse gods Mm -hmm. to identify particular people. So, for example, if I see a hammer, it's probably Thor. Yes. If I see one eye or a spear or two ravens, it's probably Odin. Yes. If I see a necklace, a prominent necklace, that's probably Freya. Yes. Things like that. So, if it's, you know, on skis, it's all... Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So how do we identify Frey mm. if he hasn't got his attribute on he prominent got... display? 
If he hasn't got his attribute on prominent display, you are then looking for an absence of a sword. Fine. Yes, fair. <laughs> which is, which is, can be slightly difficult to figure out. It's like, does he have a sword? No. Well, that doesn't narrow it down. It, that narrows it down to people who don't have a sword. Yeah. I mean, the reason we know that these three figures on this tapestry are likely to be them is because they match the description of the statues in Adam of Bremen. Yeah. That you have Thor, that you have um, Thor in the middle, and then... Odin and you have Frey. Are they, I was going to ask you, are they um, sort of established as a particular triad? Because in, in um, again, in, in Roman um, theology, let's say, there is, um, there are a number of triads. Mm. So you've got um, like one that's got Jupiter and Quirinus and I think Mars as three gods that are sort of bound in one grouping one specific grouping that, that crops up over and over and over. Um, and there's various others through throughout the history of Rome. There's also bigger groups. I mean, there's like the Dei Consentes. Yeah, those so, ones I know. Yeah, so you've got this group of 13. 12, 13. Well, 12, ish. but yeah. I, I, I say 13 because there are, there are basically two lists of 12 mm. and the two lists have like one different, per, a different mm. person in the 12th position. So I just sort of like throw them both in and call it 13. You've got the the D Chilestes, the D Inferni, the D Terrestres for the the sort of upper world, the earthly world, and the Catholic mm. underworld. So again, you've got these groups. That was took me a long time to ask <laughs> a question that I'd actually asked at the very beginning. Yeah. So are they are they a particularly like prominent group in 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 any other place other than we see them in this temple and we see them in this tapestry? No. Okay. Not that I know of. Moving on. No. <laughs> no, they they don't kind of get. I put effort in there. I know. <laughs> no, they're not that I know of. They don't have links between them to that extent where they're mm. listed as that linked group of three, or they're matching. They're three matching. Um, they do in the descriptions for Frey. We tend to take him more now as. Um, to do with the harvest and to do with the prosperity of the land and the abundance of the land so things like good harvests good weather yeah the right amount of wind and rain and sun to help things grow to their best advantage mm. so in a way he links partially with some of what we understand thor's dominion over rains over thunder and lightning yeah but doesn't really link with the aspects we know of the allfather mm. Okay. So yeah, kind of odd <laughs> in a way, a little bit odd. I just like to I like to look at the sort of the like the symbolism, yeah. you know, over the over the kind of the overarching symbolism. That's all. So I guess I'd like to finish off just with a little visualization. Okay. So, lovely listeners, if I can invite you to come out with me beyond the virtual campfire as we walk along the path. And we'll find ourselves at the edge of a ripe field of grain. And we will stand on the boundary. And the sun is warm, the sky is bright, and there's a slight breeze bending the ripe stalks. You can move down the track that runs down the centre of the field. Put your hands out and brush the full stalks as you pass. Feel them prickle and bend. You can hear the grains rustling in the breezes, smell the dry, dusty scent of the crop. There are a few birds high in the sky and small insects weave between the stalks. 
take as long as you want going through the field. When you are ready, return to the boundary. And know that you can come back here as often as you like. Lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this episode. If you would like to find us online, my name is Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under that name and also on Twitter and at my blog at Gither in Jeans. And if you want to find me, I'm on Facebook, Kate Colwyn. Uh, just drop me a friend request and um, um, I, I will talk to you there. Yeah. Um, while you're on Facebook, you can do a quick search on Frithcast Pod. You'd think I'd have sorted out how to say this by now. No. I mean, we we do this at the end of it. Just not professional, what it's can fine. I say? Yeah, do a search on Facebook on Frithcast Pod, and that'll take you to a, a page of ours, which has a link to a, a little group on there, and uh, also a link to our Discord server, the virtual, virtual campfire, uh, where you're more than welcome to uh, pop along and join us, say hi, have some virtual biscuits, all that stuff. Meet a load of good folk. Yeah. Um, we'll hopefully see you there. Come and, and join us around the virtual virtual campfire and come and talk to us about this stuff. It'd be great to see you. Indeed. Um, and other than that, uh, we shall say that we will see you next time. Yes. For episode one, one four eight. eight. Of Frithcast. Of Frithcast. Say of Frithcast. <laughs> Take care. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.